You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, and thank you for joining me for The Scoop with Tanya Flanagan. I'm so happy you decided to wake up and start your day with me. Here on The Scoop, where we talk about life, joy, funny moments, trending topics, and so much more. We promise to keep you in the know and find out what you know. So, let's get started. Good Sunday morning to each of you, and thank you for joining me, uh, for waking up on this beautiful day and tuning in to KUNV 91.5, The Scoop. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We are in October, and we are in a series where we're talking about just that. We've had a couple of shows already this month, so we are on to our next show, and we're excited to have guests with us. As you know, I have Avis Brown-Riley spending the month with me. She is a professional golfer and a stage four breast cancer survivor and I just um, I bow down to that because meeting a stage four breast cancer survivor is rare and so I am excited to see her beautiful face in the studio with me this morning and we are welcoming to join us today Tina Lewis my dear friend um, and girlfriend Tina Lewis I want to say we want to say thank you for coming on with us and good morning good morning to both of you good morning good morning Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm super excited. Yay! It's been fun having um, the time with you this month to talk about this very important issue. I hope you guys have a, a nice cup of coffee. Um, Avis and I have our stuff here in the studio. Tina, you're on the phone with us. So I just hope you have um, your cozy drink and you're ready to, to dive in. They, You guys have been listening to Avis and I for a while this month, so you know a little bit about us, but we will share our stories, a little bit of it, to those who are new as we're talking today. Um, I'm a three-time breast cancer survivor. Avis is a stage four breast cancer survivor. Tina, your story is even more, is, all of our stories are dynamic, but yours has an interesting twist that I'm going to let you unveil. Well, um, First of all, I'm a triple, a 23-year triple negative survivor and uh, breast, triple negative breast cancer survivor. But prior to uh, being diagnosed with breast cancer, I was diagnosed with colorectal cancer the prior year, June of 1999. Um, and then the year following my diagnosis for breast cancer, I was diagnosed with skin cancer. So what's really interesting about me is that for three consecutive years, I was told in the month of June that you have cancer. Um, So needless to say, when June rolls around, even though it's been 24, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, 24, 23, and 22 years surviving uh, three primary cancers, and they were all three primary cancers. And for those that may not understand what that means, it means that my original cancer did not metastasize. 
my breast cancer did not metastasize. I had three primary standalone cancers. And here I am to to share with you that I have survived all of that. <laughs> wow, yes, God is good. Your story, it, your story is amazing. It is, and you are so just beautiful, inside and out, just beautiful. And to look at you, you would never think, people say to me all the time, oh my gosh, if I didn't know you had had, you know, cancer, I would never know. You know, and I've had like oh, 20, almost 30 surgeries, you know, in my life. And people look at me all the time and it's like, oh, I would never know. And I think that's one of the testaments to surviving the journey for someone to look at you. And you don't look like what you know how they say you don't look like what you've been through. through. Yes, um, exactly. Yes. Yeah, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. But to be a triple negative, we talked about um, we had Dr. Stephanie Christensen with Comprehensive Cancer Centers of Nevada on our first show this month, talking on October 1st, talking about um breast cancer and she shared the significance of triple negative and um, triple positive breast cancer and we are women of color and how breast cancer affects us differently and quite frequently black women are diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer and that means that's the primary um, that's the primary cancer black women are diagnosed with right triple negative and I was the rare triple positive I was a triple positive wow. diagnosis. Yeah, I was. Um, we joked about um, a plastic surgeon fellow saying to me, well, it's not, you know, the good thing is with your breast cancer. And I'm like, there's a good thing. And he said, yeah. you know, it's not good to have it, but it's good that you're triple positive. And that means mm-hmm. there's a course of treatment that directly is known by study to affect my breast cancer to to work to eradicate the type of breast cancer that I have to help me to get better. Whereas with triple negative, there's a different course and it involves when it gets to that point, it involves the chemo and there's just a different course to um, see if it works and to hope that it's working. But no, to pray that it works. Yeah, yes, yes. Absolutely. You know, to, to pray that it works. That's exactly right. You know, they don't know I, that it's right. You know, that it's working. So. Well, with chemo, there's no guarantee because mm-hmm. certain bodies reject it and certain bodies work towards progression. So can you imagine mm-hmm. if chemo doesn't work for the body? I know. Tina, did you have, did you do chemo? Yes. Let okay. me talk a little bit about um, triple negative. I know you've had someone on that specifically talked about it, but um, again, that was 23 years ago. And 23 years ago, treatment is so much different and so much more advanced today than uh, than it was 23 years ago. I had surgery. I had um, I had a um, a lumpectomy. It had spread to my lymph nodes, so I had to have uh, chemotherapy. And I will tell you exactly what my doctor said. I had cancer in only the sentinel node, only the very first node. And he said to me, he said, you know, Tina, there's no such thing as a little cancer in your lymph nodes. You either have it in there or you don't. And because you have it in there, you have to have chemo. So I did. I had a I had a um, lumpectomy. I had chemo, and I had radiation. And radiation today is targeted. 
it was not targeted 23 years ago. So how did my they do entire, it? They did. My entire chest wall was treated like a vest. I mean, entire chest wall. And when I say treated, it really cooks you like chicken breast. So um, I went through all of that. Uh, my chemotherapy was um, very different from, I think, what they're offering today. Um, it might be based on triple negative, but um, I was given adriamycin and, and uh, Taxol. Uh, that was my chemotherapy drug. Um, and back then, I don't know if they still refer to adriamycin as a red devil, but that's what they called it. You know, when you see it going in your vein, yes. it's pink. Um, Tina, you and I have a lot in common as far as similarity with uh, being treated with that red devil because you were diagnosed in 2000 and I was diagnosed in 2010. So you were in the vest as opposed to me saving my life with aggressive chemo and aggressive radiation. Ten years later, the radiation is just zoomed in to that specific spot, but yet it still targeted. did. Yeah, it's just targeted to that specific spot, but yet it it gave me a third degree burn underneath my right arm mm-hmm. pit. I've heard. Mm-hmm. And See, I, I still decline, have that marks to, de- to this day. Because I declined radiation. I, whatever it was about it, it just did not settle in my spirit to have radiation. I prayed about it. I did research and study. I pulled the numbers. I looked at the data. And there was nothing that was overwhelmingly conclusive that indicated that I needed to do radiation, that it was going to afford me that much of a benefit. So my first time out, um, and that was the first time, radiation came up twice in my three-time breast cancer journey, the first time and the third time. The first time I declined it, um, I was young. And I declined tamoxifen as well, because they wanted me to take tamoxifen at 32, four or five years. And I wasn't married at the time. I didn't have any children. And I thought these things, I felt these things were still in my future, on my journey. And they could not talk to me and communicate what it would do to my reproductive organs. So I said, at my age, 32, still having some childbearing years to consider and thinking that I'm going to use them and I want to use them, what would the effects be? They couldn't tell me. That was one reason. Um, my spirit just didn't settle. Statistical data didn't support it. So I declined radiation. Now, fast forward to the third time. My oncologist just kept bringing it up every time I would come to an appointment. It was almost like a Freudian slip. And I finally said, do I need radiation or not? It was as if the doctors had sat down with the pathology team after they took the tumor out. I had a 2.5 centimeter adenocarcinoma tumor in my right breast. And they, so in my case, some people have chemo prior to surgery. I had surgery and then chemo because in some cases they will work to shrink a tumor and then extract it. In my case, it was taken out. They did a sentinel node mapping, which is a sentinel node biopsy. So they go into under your, under your arms, as Tina talked about, and they take lip nodes mm-hmm. from your, because your lymphatic system, yes. your lymphatic system is the traveling system to get for cancer cells to get into your bloodstream. Yeah. So they did a sentinel node mapping where they take some lump, some lymph nodes out. I took about five of mine. The first two or three had traces of cancer cells. So like Tina, I was advised I needed to do chemo to put um, 
medication in to try and kill the cells throughout my body, which Dr. Christensen, Dr. Stephanie Christensen talked about on our first episode, how chemo works and what it does to kill the bad cells um, throughout the body. And then um, they'll do a PET scan, which is a scan of your every organ in your entire body to make sure they don't see any cancer cells in any other organs or to hope that they don't see any cancer cells in any other organs. And let me tell you, you hope that that comes back clear. Grateful when mine did. Um, But radiation came up twice for me, the first and the third. And because of the Freudian slip, every time I would go see my oncologist, I finally said, do I or do I not need this? Because I, I say that because tackle every question in your mind with regard to your health care, right? If there's a question in the back of your mind about how you're feeling in a space treating breast cancer, ask your doctor that question. No question is, is stupid or too small or too trivial. Absolutely. Ask questions about your health. Take charge. Um, check in. Be present. Engage. Nobody knows you better than you, and no one can advocate for you better than you can on how you feel about something. Absolutely. No, that's okay. I just wanted to reiterate. Um, well, I wanted to make sure that I covered this. Um, I received chemo and radiation for my first cancer. This was one year before I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I had a mammogram in December, came back normal. Six months later, I found a lump in my breast myself. What I have learned and really have taught myself about breast cancer is one of the drugs I was given for my colorectal cancer was 5-FU. And years ago, they used to use that in the treatment of breast cancer. And I think when I was given 5-FU, it shrunk my breast tumor to the point it nothing showed up on the mammogram. So I'm alive today because I was doing self-exam six months after my mammogram and found this tumor that didn't show up. Mm -hmm. I think another point to that is you mentioned that one of the drugs you were receiving for colorectal cancer had an impact, was was a treatment for breast cancer. And that's a really important point because... Um, in my third space, as I studied the Taxotera carboplatin herceptin treatment course for me, I read everything. That third time, I just checked all the way in. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find if you read the information the doctors give you, it explains to you what the medication treats, but it also tells you every other condition mm-hmm. that it's used to treat. Yeah. And they explain to you every side effect that can happen. So in the course of mine, I began to have, I remember having these back pains, lower back pains. I could not stand at the kitchen sink to wash dishes without mm. being in pain while I was going through um, breast cancer, the, mm-hmm. the treatment. And I was at a point where I was, was in the chemo phase. And one of the biggest side effects to my, one of the biggest side effects to my meds were, uh, was the development, the potential to develop uterine cancer. And the conditions of lower back pain, abdominal pain, um, all that stuff started to kick in. And so because but because I had read the information given to me at the start of this journey, Mm -hmm. I was able to identify, hey, I have these symptoms associated with treating breast cancer. When you start to develop uterine cancer, got some ultrasounds. They found some fibroids. I was off. I had to stop my tamoxifen for a year while they got everything under control. 
in the course of treating me for the breast cancer. I wanted to bring that up because we need to be mindful to check all the way in. There's a lot of fog, but you're so dependent and trusting in the doctor and they're doing everything that they can. But there's a lot that we we can do and should be responsible for doing. You have to be uh, a self-advocate for your own health. Um, I recommend, for example, if you get a breast cancer diagnosis and after you receive that and you um, are referred to an oncologist and they give you um, a treatment program for you, I would recommend and suggest getting a second opinion. And what you want to do is have two doctors confirm, agree to that treatment. If you do not get an agreement, there's no problem and not an issue with getting a third opinion. And then you sit down and make the choice yourself in what direction you're going to take. Now, you spoke about the fact that you declined radiation. One of the things I want to be very clear about, very clear about, is with triple negative, it is the most difficult breast cancer to treat because if chemo does not work, there are not enough guns in the arsenal that are available to you. They're doing some immune therapy, but I'm not sure that that's even working today with triple negative. You're right. And, and let, me negative, let me qualify. Let me qualify and then continue on. Because I, I, you made me think, I don't want anyone to feel like I declined something and I'm still here 20 years later. Right. Yes. I, I, I don't right. at all want to give somebody the impression. Mm-hmm. You always have choices, but that is not at all what I'm advocating exactly. for. Yes. Do the course of treatment that is best for you, that your doctor right. and you work up and prescribe as the most, the greatest percentage of survival and beating whatever you are facing. I happen to be 32 with a stage zero contained breast cancer that had not spread to anywhere else in my breast or my body when I made that decision for myself. Stage mm-hmm. zero, ductal carcinoma in side two. Not lymph nodes involved, yes. not staring down the barrel at chemo, just there's a milk duct that's bad and we need to take mm-hmm. it out and everything else is gravy and groovy. And that's where I was, or at least, you know, I was 32. So it was the first diagnosis. I felt that way. It wasn't gravy or groovy. It was a continued life of worrying about <clears throat> everything else that comes with ever being diagnosed with breast cancer. But yes. in that space, it was limited in terms of its impact because I caught it early. Early detection yes. is that's so crucial. Yes. yes, it is the key. Yeah. So crucial. Well, you know, I have this thing, and it's uh, I usually try and get it in every conversation that cancer starts with can, (laughs) C-A-N. You can get it, but you can survive it. And I think Avis and I, as well as Tanya, are proof of that. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So with my case, I was also triple negative with... um, aggressive chemo, aggressive radiation in order to save my life with invasive ductal carcinoma. So I went in one day on a doctor's appointment for a follow-up and I ended up having surgery the same day. I'm like, wow. I woke up and I'm like, what happened? Well, immediately they saw that my lymphoids were swollen. So there was no room to postpone it. So my husband signed the dotted line saying, hey, let's go ahead and remove six of her lymph nodes. And so that was my experience. 
just to save my life. You know, we don't want that cancer to enter the cavity of the body, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I just recently went down to San Diego <clears throat> for my CT scan for my colonoscopy, my second colonoscopy, must I add, to rule out colon cancer. Now, I've been cancer-free for 13 years, but they were a little behind with making sure I was scheduled with my colonoscopy. So we're going to pray, and hopefully everything works out fine, and the report comes back negative with colon cancer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, if yes. you said you were stage four, where where did it spread to to for it to be stage four? Well, stage four, it started spreading in the lymphoids. It had made its way outside the ductal area into the lymphoids. Okay, but it hadn't gone beyond that. No, it had not gone beyond that. But I they but they treated me. As if it did, because the little cancer cells could be hidden. So was the stage four because of the aggressive treatment plan that they took? Because I was stage 2A. And Mm -hmm. I think so to that point, I was stage 2A, but still had lymph nodes involved, slight, you know, traces Mm -hmm. and went through chemo. But they didn't classify me as stage four. And I wonder if it's tied to the size of the tumor. Um the lymph nodes being involved. It means that it's spread to a distant organ. Stage four means it's spread to a distant organ. Yes. Well, I was just told that I had stage four cancer, breast cancer. <clears throat> and so, again, in order to save my life, they said, hey, we've got to treat you with aggressive chemo and aggressive radiation. It could have just been the classification, some, you know, various factors that the doctors are looking at. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I know. Um, we talk a lot about the medical perspective, and um, I also want to make sure we are talking about how attitude in our spiritual yes. space, like, like this is the medical, but what's that grit inside of you that helps you mm. or helped you face it, get through it, and still stand, you know, um, with courage today? Because I think for a people when you've had it and it's in the it's in the back of your mind like Mm -hmm. will I ever be in that space could I be in that space again Um, we live confidently but I'm sure there are people who maybe it's a thought I like to think it isn't it's distant in the Mm -hmm. back of your mind but well subconsciously I still think about it but because I'm a professional golfer and amazing amazing career in that industry, I had developed the mental toughness. So I knew that I was going to get through that Mm -hmm. mentally. And I knew that I had the best doctors in the world out of La Jolla. So that put me in my comfort zone. So all I had to do was just lay still for six months, let God and the doctors do work their magical and stay in a excellent frame of mind but, you know, it's hard to do that when you see your body wet, withering away from 135 to 115. You see bones underneath the cover with no hair. And I just want to, you know, I was so thankful that my sister and my brothers and my parents and my husband especially uh, was very instrumental in making sure that I, I was in good care. Uh, my girlfriend, Donna Richardson Joyner, many of you may know of her as being the 
the uh, exercise guru, and my other girlfriend, supermodel Beverly Johnson, uh, who I uh, actually adore as well, they were very, very instrumental in sending me information. Beverly Dot, Beverly's sister was going through breast cancer the same time I was going through, and Donna Joyner uh, was just just a sweetheart. You know, she's Davis. Uh, I'm going to support you 100%. And so it was when T.D. Jakes, her pastor, and Emmett Smith's wife, Patricia, was sending me videos. And I kept my room lit with candles. I was in that space of uh, extreme amount of faith that I knew that I was going to get through that. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank my family and my friends for being there. You need that support. You really, really do. You're right. This yeah, like the um, yeah, Tina. For you, um, family. What family is everything? But for what was your what was your mainstay? What was the thing that kept you grounded, centered? I don't know. Just what okay, did you turn so, to when you were well, going through? First of all, when I when when I was diagnosed with the first cancer, my twins. I have twins that are. 34 years old now, they were 11. And my father had just died from a real rare form of cancer. And I did not want them to know I had cancer. So I did not tell them. Because my chemo, I wasn't going to lose my hair. So I got through that chemo and radiation. But then the following year, I'm diagnosed with breast cancer, and I was going to be bald. And they were go- I was going to look like I had cancer. So mm-hmm. it was important that. for me. Say that. It was, a, it was important for mm. me to demonstrate to them that this is life. You know, life is going to show, it's going to throw you a curveball. It's going to be up and yes. down. It's a roller coaster. Yes, it and is. I'm older than both of you. I'm 75. Um, of course, I flipped it this year to 57, but... That's what you do. I, I, I'm in I the flip that. zone, too, Tina. I'm in the flip zone, too. I'm 35, Tina. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have mm-hmm. to think I look 57. But anyway, um, it's important that I demonstrate it, that this is how you handle what life will will bring to you at some point in time. And, you know, I don't. I still don't know if the other shoe will fall. You know, I don't know. No one knows if I'm going to get another breast cancer diagnosis or another cancer diagnosis, all I can do is stay prayed up and I take care of my health. I walk every day. I eat right. And I live right. And that's all you can do. I go to the doctor. I get my checkups. I do my self-exams. I have my annual mammograms. I do my annual colonoscopy. And Avis, it sounds like we were both in San Diego. (laughs) I was in Scripps. Oh, I was at Scripps. Yes, that's where I was at, Scripps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I was treated. You didn't have Dr. Bernstein, did you? No, I had Julie Barone and her her a father. And then I had okay. Dr. Jennifer Fisher as my oncologist. I am yeah, love I that. I had wonderful um, doctors, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that we have time on the show to make. It's an unfortunate bond, but it is a space. It's, it's a club that so far this month. We're in various clubs. We're in this breast cancer club, but we're in the 30 years, you know, we're in mm-hmm. the 20 plus year survivor club too. We're in, Amen. Um, you know, 
just these different spaces of triumph in the midst of tragedy and, and disappointment. And I'm glad that we're building these friendships and having this conversation. We are again on another fabulous Sunday morning out of time, but we encourage you to be prayed up, get your mammograms, uh, make yourself a priority, be in touch and in tune with your bodies. Tune in again next week. We have a little bit more for you on breast cancer. It'll be our final segment. Um, But we're just happy to have you here with us. And thank you for tuning in. I want to thank you for tuning in to The Scoop with me, Tanya Flanagan. And I want to invite you to get social with me. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. My name is my handle, T-A-N-Y-A-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. You can also find me on Instagram at Tanya Almanize Flanagan. And if you have a thought, an opinion, or a suggestion, don't hesitate to shoot me an email to tanya.flanagan at unlv.edu. Thanks again for joining in. Stay safe and have a great week.